Well, Robbie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, for joining Thanks me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, you got a whole life down here in Florida. Yeah, but it only started two years ago, basically. Came down here in May uh, two years ago, so. And we uh, moved down here with my ma. Wow. And then it, uh. Well, we came, well, I came down here January that year. Mm. And uh, visited with my mom, and she, uh, I call my, I call Ashley. We weren't married at the time. It was just, we were just engaged. And uh, I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm sitting by the pool in my mom's backyard. <laughs> it's nice, beautiful out. It's seven, eight o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock her time up north. And she's sniffling and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, what's wrong? Are you all right? She's like, I'm shoveling nine inches of snow just oh. to get to the road so I can go to work. And I don't know why, because the roads are so freaking full of snow. <laughs> so I never even, uh, so I was like, like that sucks or whatever then my mom was like well f- screw it just come down here you're sitting in the sun you're like, yeah this she's is like stay with me for a year get on your feet see where you guys go if you like it you like it if you don't you don't mm-hmm. we haven't turned our heads back ever since we just love it down here. how'd you get the job at green zebra we just hit the we just hit the bricks we just hit the me ground and ashley, yeah. me and ashley went saint Armand. she actually was working at selma across the street okay at green zebra and then she wasn't really liking it, and she was looking kind of for another second job, too, at the same time, something smaller. So uh, Elena had texted us both at the same time saying to come work for their oh, wow. Green Zebra. And when we went in, it was Brian and Ivan working when mm-hmm. we asked for applications and stuff. You guys were all from Wisconsin. And they're from Wisconsin, yeah. so it's like we kind of clicked in a way without knowing that we were kind of clicking. And Brian, at first glance, uh, I'm like, for the first time I met Brian, I'm like, hi. The way I put it, I was like, I feel like I told him that his grandma died every single time I'm talking to him. Because I'd be like, because, you know, you know, at first when you're meeting new people, especially Brian a little bit, I was like, oh, I don't think this dude even likes me. Yeah. And then you realize. standoffish at first. So, and then you realize, you're like, oh, damn, it's like a real family here. It's like. It definitely is. Everybody mm -hmm. has their own personalities, but you definitely love it. All around. And it is funny how a lot of you guys are from Wisconsin, you know, like in the whole And it's area. weird, which which we're in different types of places mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, though. It's, it's like... Kenosha, right? You're from? Yeah, I'm from Kenosha, <clears throat> and all of them are from, like, Milwaukee-ish area, mm. so, <clears throat> which is probably about an hour f- from where I was from. What is Kenosha like? It's like... Uh, depending on who you ask, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a nice place. It's a uh, it's a big city. Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, hundred over a hundred thousand people there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not small. Uh, but it's a. Uh, I grew up there pretty much most of my life. I went up north and down to Tennessee and things like that. But oh, really? Okay, you went to Tennessee. Yeah, but not long enough. Like my dad lives down there and stuff like that. But is that where you learned your southern hospitality? No, I don't have no Southern hospitality. Yes, you do. You're a great host. No, I just take care of who comes over. That's mm-hmm. all. Uh, but, yeah, so lived in Kenosha my whole life. It's all right. It's city-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also, like, the county and all that stuff that you mm-hmm. can – or my mom's husband's from the county out there, and we're all from the city area. <clears throat> but, yeah. I've been to Appleton, if you know Appleton. Appleton, that's like, uh, let's see, that's like two hours north from where <coughs> Ashley's from. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, it's, it's not. pretty close. I would love to go back there. I went to this place called um, The Refuge. 
mm-hmm. where um, I was on tour with like this girl, Kat Clyde. She's really sweet. Um, she's like a Canadian musician. And we drove through the United States. It was like a month-long tour. And we went uh, down. We went through Tennessee. We went down to South Carolina. And then we drove up through Kentucky and everything and made our way to Appleton, Wisconsin. So we stayed at an old... Um, like monastery where they would like have uh children come for like boarding school it was like one so the guy who did you know um you know the not haunting in new york the exorcist or no the haunting in connecticut or is it the exorcist it was the exorcist i believe the priest that actually in the based uh on the true story the priest that actually dealt with the the real you know exorcism story or the haunting in connecticut i forget which one um he lived there so that's where he like studied and and did all the stuff and we stayed in this gigantic it seemed it was like almost all empty they converted into it's like an art studio they have like a a studio they have um like workshops was it like haunting like it it felt haunting like it also was strangely so beautiful it's next to this beautiful river but when you'd stay in there you'd hear nuns screaming at night no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. I was about to say, what? <laughs> no, oh. no, but when you stayed there, it's like so quiet. There was 200 dorms, and we there was four people staying there when we were there. So it's like mostly empty. Some of the lights so are out. Did it echo? Yeah, it echoed. Again, the nuns were screaming at me. Uh, the uh, no, but um, it was really it it was really sweet. But uh, that's actually where I found out that was the night of the election. Trump won. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn, that was not too long ago then. No, it was a couple years ago. Four years ago, which is a long time for me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I I guess. Probably like 22. (laughs) But, yeah, so I've been to Wisconsin before. But I know – well, Kenosha is where the riots were just happening too. Yeah, yeah, and I have a lot of family up there during that time too, and that shit sucks. Oh, yeah? Did they experience any of that? Uh, Not – I mean, to a certain extent, I mean – Physically, no. They didn't yeah. get their houses tore up. No, they didn't get no, goodness. you know, anybody doing nothing crazy around them or anything like that. Although mentally, you know, they got kids. My sister's, oh, no. uh, uh, her fiance, he's black, and then uh-huh. they have a kid together, and he's mixed. Mm. And uh, uh, so that hits that hits home with them. Totally. Well, not just them, us too, as well. You know, having that in our family as well, and then seeing the type of different types of people that come at you through all this so mm. so yeah they 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 felt felt it more mentally mm-hmm. like uh seeing the community tore down seeing you know stores you just used to go to as yeah. a kid all of a sudden the windows are smashed out and they got it all boarded up that's true because you look at it from the national standpoint you're watching on tv you're like oh shit that's crazy but there's no like connection to it and it's already been obviously like a shit year obviously beautiful in some just, ways but just everywhere it's been it's been pretty bad chaos yeah and uh i feel like it's only gonna get better yeah i don't think it's gonna get much worse than what it was i think uh people are starting to understand different cultures and different ways of life and starting to get out of their own habits and things like that i mean not everybody is going to but but then again, you also got like the newer generation that are freaking like, like take the fair the other night. There mm-hmm. was a shooting over there. I like, heard about on. that. An eighteen-year-old was shot. Mm-hmm. He wasn't killed. He was just shot. He went to the hospital, and come to find out, it was a fifteen-year-old kid that no. shot him. No. Yeah. So that's who they got in custody right now for for oh, for really? a shooting. I need to look now. That not up. not only is is it suck for freaking. You know, the world that we had a shooting again, you know, traumatizing for the people that were there at the time and whatnot. 
But then again, now you got this 15-year-old boy that has no clue of what happened at that time. All he thought was, man, I'm cool, I'm, cool. Big, exactly. I'm a big dude, exactly. I'm going to do what I said I was going to do, and blah, blah, blah. My friends are here. Now he's here 10 years behind prison bars <sighs> and doesn't know a single thing. You know what I'm saying? When he gets out, he just knows how to be in prison. And how much do you know at 15 anyways to make those decisions? Right. The thing, One thing that I was told by a security guard while I was in was mm. you don't realize how stupid you are until how old you get. Yeah, right? Because the older you get, you realize how stupid you are beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you start realizing when, when you were 20 how stupid you were for even making a decision like totally. that. Or doing something this way instead of this way. Or it should have been easier. And it's not stupid so, per se, but it, it kind of looks like that when you look at it in hindsight. Right. But it's I'm not, like you're learning. You're like, right, how, exactly. I, how was I supposed to know not to do this at that time? You know? Right, right. If you put the 15-year-old kid, I, I want to see the mugshot or something. I probably know him. I, I hang around Newtown all the time. like, And I see these kids, and I say this all the time, I see these kids with so much potential, so much you know, intellect, charisma, all these things, and to fall prey to like, a culture and that's that's a broader thing that's like the united states culture that's like being in the hood that type of culture that's like you know whatever culture you're in there's certain dogmas and things that you follow by that probably don't serve who you are personally but yeah i agree and then and then yeah what do we do we lock them up we put them away and we say oh you've been a bad boy you get 10 years of your of your life, which is like potentially could be like what if you your lived prime, till eighty. Your prime years were basically these are the years that kids get their stuff kind of and go to college mm-hmm. or you know kind of go their own way or start their own businesses or doing their own branching to start the world the way the world has been going and growing. Mm-hmm. But yet we're taking these kids and throwing which and whoever we want to choose to in prison, mm-hmm. and yet taking some of them and being like ah oh, just slap them on the wrist they're okay. But yet these kids are doing even worse than what totally. the other kids are doing. Not saying the shooting was not horrible. Oh, it yeah, was. But there's there's kids that are doing things that are are bad as well, but they're just slapping them on the wrist and saying, just don't do it again. Yeah. And they're both young. Like, they're both That's don't what know I'm what saying. they're Every, doing. Your youth should always be taken into account when getting a sentence, not the crime. Because mm-hmm. they wanted, mm. like I said, I was charged as an adult when I was yeah, 17. Oh, wow. <coughs> I was in adult prison at 17. Why did they choose to put you in adult prison? Because they called me like a ringleader and I was, you know, I was like the top person in making this all happen, blah, blah, blah. It's a big, long story, but I had a history and things like that. So they said, screw put them in the juvenile, we're going to go straight to adult. So they went, I went straight from juvenile prison to adult prison. So I did 15 to 17 in juvenile, or 15 to 16 when I was in juvenile. And then oh, you had already gone to seven, juvenile. Uh, okay, so seven, eight months in in adult before I went home. What was the difference between juvenile and adult? Probably the severity of crimes, probably. No, I mean I had uh, people that were murderers and stuff in the juvenile prison. Yeah, I had a guy that was uh, he shot his grandma because uh, she caught him smoking cigarettes, and uh, she didn't want him to think he was bad. I had there was a lot of people in there that were bad. Wow. But then there were a lot of people in there that did bad things that were good yeah and i generally think (coughs) and maybe it's again like you don't you don't realize how much talent's in that place that's what i was gonna say like uh just 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 playing sports when i was in there seeing that the drawings the uh craftsmanship the be there's a people that do maintenance in there on on 
the officers' trucks and things like mm. that that people get paid hundreds, thousands of dollars they to do. And these one dollar an hour. Yeah. They yeah. I used to walk through state forests and cut clear-cut trees for a dollar an hour. No way, a dollar an hour. Yeah, yeah. And how much did they charge you for, like, if you wanted to order commissary and stuff? Because I used to send my friends. I could spend up to seven seventy-five dollars every two weeks. Oh, okay. But I could also order stuff uh, from, like, the catalogs, like order sweatpants and shoes oh, and wow. shirts and, you know, things like that. Isn't that crazy? They're giving you Teens. little freedoms, but it's at the cost of money or yeah, work. Yeah, they just want you to spend it. And it's extra more expensive because you can order, only order from these certain catalogs. It's it's big corporation, man. This whole world is ba- basically built on this big corporation that wants to make money, and they look for every reason. And my my daughter, I got this Lorax movie. Lorax, yeah, Have yeah. You seen it? Have you seen it? <coughs> I've I've read the book, but I haven't. Well, anyway, so it's about selling air. <coughs> oh yeah. And it almost yep. makes you think about this world where basically now we're looking for every little inch to sell something instead of being like, here you go, man. How can I help you? What can I do? What I'll trade you. Let's mm-hmm. bar- barter and trade like they used to. Mm-hmm. We don't got that anymore. Everybody wants as much as they can get for as little as they got. And there's always value in that. I'm sure, like, again, when I met you at Green Zebra, I had no idea of, like, any of your – not that you have, like, the craziest, sh- you know, shitty past that should ever be held against you or anything. But, you know, on paper, I'm like, fuck, I never would even guess that, that you were locked up. I was like, this dude works harder than <clears> – <throat> anybody I've met, you work two jobs, you got a kid, you got a wife, you you clock in, uh, whatever, 8.30 a.m., you clock out at 2.30 if we're late with the tips, or 2, and then, you know, you start at 3.30, work till 11, and that's almost every single day, and I'm like, fuck, like, how many people have we locked up as well who are just good people waiting to get out, and they're just waiting their sentence out, you know, they're like... They're going to always be learning. They're going to always be learning in jail and everything. So I got a a group of buddies that were locked up for probably 12, 15, 20 years. We're Mm -hmm. all good friends, and they all have this big group picnic. And there's always a big group of them. We're always open to bringing more people in. (coughs) But basically, it's like people that that got out that didn't really have much Mm -hmm. when they went in. They lost so much stuff while they were in. You know, you 10, 15, 20 years in, you lose your mamas, your grandmas, People, yeah. your, your uncles. Your you house, know. your car, whatever. Yeah, everything you had was gone. So you, you started completely fresh. So basically what we did was basically built this basic family mm. of, of of felons, if you want to call them. <laughs> and, and we come together and kind of be like, hey, man, good for you. I'm glad to see you, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll post stuff like... uh. Say happy birthday to my cousin, blah blah blah, this and that, and everybody chimes in, and you know, every it's like almost mm-hmm. like a family setting, almost like Green Zebra, where mm-hmm. we're all like a family, where that's the type of settings that I like to where the corporations. That's why I'm kind of leaning away from O'Leary's in a way, but mm-hmm. the people are family like ish, mm-hmm. but the business is not. Mm-mm. So that's why I like I like those cultures. I like being able to just be able to be like, hey, what's up, man? You know, totally. We are. You know, you need something, I got you here. This is all I can help you with, but it's all I got. Totally. I got you. It's cool, too. Like, if we're even at Green Zebra, again, like the family thing, like, all right, like, okay, we don't get breaks, but like, let's go sit out back. Let's go talk. You know, we all are there for each other, and that's really especially important for, like, the the family of felons. That's a great name. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's, like, especially important, too, because you guys can relate on something that a lot of normal normal people, if we can per se normal, um don't understand like the yeah. true freedoms and when you become a felon your <clears throat> freedom's still affected right when you're out 
Yes. Right when 100%. you come out, it, you're you're, you you're not free. You still have to report to somebody. You still have to somebody watching over your back. You still have to. Yeah, you can't do the things that you really want to do. I can't go out of state without somebody knowing. I can't go out of the country, period, until I'm off papers. Can't vote. <clears throat> can't vote. You can't bear arms. You know, all your rights that you are given when you were born are taken from you until they think or they say you're okay. How long? You're right. How long until they strip you of that felony? Uh, uh, so I'll have to do my paper time, and then uh, I'll have to do good for a certain amount of time, and then I have to go to court. And get it expunged. Wow. So yeah, it's not a and so it's not a good process. Let's but say it's a process that you have to go through. Uh, like I said, I I applied for a, a position with one of my buddies, and uh, he didn't realize I was a felon. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. he uh he was like, all right, all right. I put the application in. And I put on there that I was a felon. Blah blah blah. And then I sent it in. And he said, man, I didn't realize. Blah blah blah. But you know, I work for billion dollar companies that you know this and that. But if you get it expunged, it'd be a different story. Totally. But in hindsight, really, what does the expungement really mean? Because I really still committed the crime just mm-hmm. because it's not in black or white. Yeah. What does that matter? So if I went and got expunged and you wouldn't even know him, if I could just tell you, no, no, I'm clear. Yeah. They, they don't even that give you that. That means nothing Mm-mm. just because of an expungement. They don't, even, they don't even give you that, which is crazy. And just to think of, like, how long – you like how many opportunities that like you again you committed this crime what it was 17 18 you were yeah this was uh 2007 was okay last time so uh shit, 17 15 years oh, ago 15 oh 15 years ago okay damn so yeah you were young and then even for that like let's say you get it off at thir- uh let's say i don't know 34 35 or something let's say that's the longest that's like 20-something years after you committed this crime, 23 years or and whatnot, like, that's just, I think it's an unreasonable amount of time to hold something against anybody. That Like, if you think of our government or as our society as, like, a person that you're interacting with, would you ever would you ever hold a grudge for 23 years? Or do you realize, like, someone would change? Some people change. I, I'm, I'm the type of person that I'm, like, I understand what you did. Mm-hmm. And I forgive you for it, but I won't forget about it kind of deal. Totally. Don't forgive, but don't forget. Totally. Like, you want to, you want to, I give, I give people the benefit of the doubt whenever mm-hmm. I meet anybody. I'm always like, you know, I expect the best from you. Not expect, but I assume that I'm like, oh, you're going to bring your best. And then I'm also very wary of like, yeah. what are you bringing? You right, know, because exactly. I've, I've met the most on paper, probably brilliant people, you know, whatever. They're like rich or this or that, or like. But they're sometimes the worst people. And then I've met some people on paper you wouldn't want to even talk to, and they're the most genuine, genuine people. people. And yes. you might not even, un- you, you know, you might just be scared or maybe not understand the way they're communicating, but there's so much genuine beauty under there. And that's that's the huge shame of locking up. I think we are the biggest po- uh, prison population yeah, in the world. Have, yeah, we have a lot more inside prisons. And <clears throat> how, how many talents are there? How many Einsteins are in prison right now? No. <laughs> I'm sure there are many. I mean, you you just talk to some of these guys, and you're like, man, what are you even doing in a place like this? And most of them are in there for, like, embezzlement or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, where you have to kind of be a little bit smart to understand what's mm-hmm. going on with this and understand booking and things like that. But then you also got your guys that are in there since they were 15 years old, mm-hmm. 14 years old, and... All they did was schooling, college, and just book their whole time, read the whole time. They didn't play no basketball. They didn't mm. fight. They didn't go to the hole. They just educated themselves. Mm. 
There's so many people that are educated in there on different things, though. So how how long did you serve again? Like seven uh, years? Or? My <coughs> this past time it was nine years, seven months straight. Wow. So yeah, I got <coughs> wow. I was in at 19 and got out at 27. So you got locked up a little bit of time after you they like caught you or arrested yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. So they had to wait for trial and everything. That's crazy. No, too. no trial. I didn't oh go no. To trial. No. I uh, pled out. I pled guilty to it and stuff like that. Oh uh, okay. There was no denying what I did and this and that. I was okay with taking whatever. I paid. My grandma paid for my lawyer. My lawyer told me I I'd, I'd probably do five years. Mm-hmm. I said I understand that. I can do five years. You know I did what I did. You know let's let's get it over with and go home. Well. Went to court. My, I had revocation time because I was on papers beforehand. Mm-hmm. So my, oh, wow. my, my, new, my old judge gave me all my revocation time, which was six years, seven months, and nineteen days. He gave me all that, and then I went. What is re- what is it? Revo- revocation. Revocation. What is that? Uh, basically, uh, it's your papers. So okay. if you're on paper for anything, it's uh when you go back to court, they revocate you. Okay for your paper time. Okay. So if my papers was five years, that what I get revocated for is five years. Okay. okay. Or I could get less if they wanted to give me less, like yeah, two years. Like sort of trading in in yeah. a way. <clears throat> so my appeal was offering two years. The judge overrode it and gave it all to me. Oh, wow. And then I went for my my uh, my charge, and they gave me uh, four and five out, ran consecutive wow. to my six years, seven months. So I did the six years, seven months, 19 days, because I had to do that no matter what. Okay. It, it was an old charge. Did that, and then once I got my new charge, started that time, and uh, <clears throat> filed a motion to my judge to ask for boot camp or early release, mm. for earned release. He guaranteed it to me. I went and did boot camp and got out early on boot camp. It's like a intense uh, AODA program in Wisconsin, like one of the biggest What's AODA? Uh, alcohol and drug assessment. Okay, okay, okay. So basically it's this big uh, uh, AODA program program that's uh boot camp based mm-hmm. with uh sergeants and you know you had to do physical activities we had pt uh tests wow. and stuff like that pull-ups run two miles every day that's kind of nice <laughs> yeah i mean it, it it kept me in shape for sure yeah. uh no wonder you got monkey arms Jeez. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> uh, but yeah it kept me in shape i kept going blah, blah blah it was it was a good time and it was a six-month program so once i got into it but i couldn't do it until after i did a certain amount of time okay so then I got into it and got out within six months. And uh, two years before I got out, I met my now wife. Yeah, that's a funny story. You guys, be, you guys were, you guys were writing for like two years, right? Yeah. So she. Uh, how did you? How did you meet so her? So my buddy, he was. Uh, I used to play basketball. Like I was, I was big in basketball. I used yeah. to play basketball a lot. So this buddy, I was playing basketball with. He's like, hey. Uh, also, I promise, just move it up a little bit. They're like. Yeah. Uh, they like Boski, they call me Boski. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boski, Boski. Uh, do do you want to uh, write some check? I'm like, sure, heck yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you can pass for white, can't you? I'm like, uh, I am white. <laughs> they're like, all right, sweet, 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 sweet. And uh, he's like, uh, well, why don't you write a description of yourself? Get me a picture of yourself, <laughs> and we'll send it to her. Five foot eleven. I'm a hundred fifty six. I like long walks on the <laughs> beach. I'm a Libra, you know, I'm blah blah blah. I'm part of the felony family. And, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, 
<laughs> so then, uh, <laughs> so I send it out to her. Then, like, maybe like a week later, I get a, I get a letter back from her and shit. So next thing you know, we're writing up to ten page letters. She literally still has all my letters back wow. and forth from her. Uh, 10 page letters two three times a week like it was like non-stop and then we'd sit there and we'd talk on the phone for a half hour 30 minutes you know it costs money to put to talk to people on the phone of course they have to make money so she would pay so she would pay to put money on the phone we'd sit there and chit chat then she would come she would drive like an hour hour and a half maybe just to come see me uh, and visit with me for a couple hours oh wow yeah so we got close and it was m- more mental and getting to know each other and you know all the different aspects of life of how you grew up and how i grew up what do i expect what do you expect you know what are you looking for and it became just a complete and best relationship i've ever been in wow just uh so then i ended up fast forward i ended up uh, going through the boot camp program getting out early she ended up getting a place because i couldn't get the only place I was going to be able to go to was down in Kenosha, Kenosha where my family was, because yep. I had nobody else. Mm-hmm. Well, she ended up getting a place and making sure it was all set and ready for us. Wow. And then Ashley. I got uh, I got out, moved straight into her house. We sat there, stayed in, uh, by her family's area for a year. Uh, and then we moved to Kenosha, where my mom and everybody was. Mm-hmm. My mom was in the middle of moving down here. Mm. And then... Uh, uh, then you're like, let's move down here. <laughs> no, then we stayed in Kenosha for like a year or so. Oh yeah, because you were there. For, okay. Yeah, then we ha- ended up getting my niece and nephew. We ha- my, my niece and nephew like fell into our hands. My brother got in some trouble and stuff, and oh, social okay. services tried to take over them. Oh wow! And we weren't letting that happen, so yep. we had taken care of them for a long time. These yeah, were, you guys like, were practicing for McKenzie. Yeah, it was almost like a practice. <laughs> it was good for us, though. Yeah. It grew us even closer to be- together and stuff like that. We never had kids or anything. We don't know how to do anything like yeah. that. So, yeah, it grew us closer together. We did things, you know, that we wouldn't do, like family-type things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I bet. I mean, <coughs> it's so interesting, especially Ashley living such a completely different life. She lived a farm wife. She was yeah, yeah, yeah. Was she homeschooled? No, she wasn't homeschooled. Was yeah, she, she was, oh, she uh, was. homeschooled all the way till she was about in high school. Oh yeah, and it's so funny to see such like different <coughs> backgrounds. But when I see you guys together, like again, it's like it's just it's beautiful. It's healthy. It's a good relationship. And again, it's so funny to see that on paper. Like, oh, a sweet farmer girl, and then like on paper you see like, oh, she's married to a felon. You're yeah, like, what? yeah, yeah. But and it, it affects her too. Yeah. The felony thing. You know, she'll apply for a job, and they'll say, do you know anybody that was, has a felony? Or, you know, she oh, tried you to, to be a correctional officer. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And she couldn't be one, yeah. They're, I mean, Actually, not being one. Yeah, but still, but yeah, still yeah. you know, no, it affects be, her in certain different totally. aspects of these freaking jobs and stuff. Well, I didn't know really you have to bizarre. say if you know a felon. Uh, if you're with her, uh, with a felon, yeah, you have to let them know. Why? That seems unfair. Because they don't want you to. I don't know. They I, I guess it's part of your history, I guess, but, like... I, I, I don't know. I I think they always think, like, the felon is always going to mess up no matter what. So, what so, is, so even leading up to, like, you getting locked up and all this stuff, was there, like, a point where you, you kind of... You said you, like, realized, like, how stupid you were. Like, what... How did you... How did it even lead to, to where it ended up? Uh... Actually, give me a second. I'm going to pee anyways. Give me one second. Oh, I got to open. I took a drink. I think that's bad luck. But uh, maybe it will. <laughs> but yeah, so I was saying like, how did, how did like, how do you know where it started to 
how what led you there? Like there was there a specific moment, or was it just like a chain of moments, or it was like a led me to to what? prison to like. Uh, it was basically me being a child, basically trying to live a luxury life. Basically, I just mm-hmm. wanted, 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 but I didn't want to work for it. Mm. Uh, wow. so I mean, I, I, all the kids I hung out with had good money, always had something going for themselves, you know, things like that. Uh, I had free range. My mom was working full time, raising three kids by herself. Wow. So we just did whatever we wanted to do, basically. And I had my little brother. Did stuff with him, you know. We all hung out all the time. Uh, I didn't even know you have a little brother. Yeah, he was here not too. He was here not too long ago. Uh, came to visit. One second, I'm sorry. All right, like that. (laughs) 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 Where does he live now? In Kenosha. He's in Kenosha. Yeah, he's got six kids with with. Oh yeah, you had told me about that. Yeah, he was here not too long ago. Oh really? I want to meet him. He's wild. (laughs) (laughs) Does he look like you? Uh, people say he does. He's more of a bigger kind of a guy and I'm like I'm skinny he's like you're jacked. big you're like lean yeah lean jack though oh damn but um yeah it's just it's really interesting and then it's so funny that you say like you didn't want to work for it or like again you were a kid you didn't know what to expect there's no avenues especially in our society that sort of teach you or prepare you to be a man or a woman or just a person right 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 you know a quote-unquote civilian or just someone who's part of it. Like, we have no community here a lot, and you have to find your own community, um, which can be hard, and especially, like, during COVID and stuff like this. Like, so many people are so isolated. Some people aren't living in Florida. They can't chill. They're just... Right, I know. You know. I hear it all the time. People come down here, like, they're not making you wear a mask. Yeah, I know. I'm like... I'm like, no, not really. We got a real life down here. Yeah. It's amazes it, it amazes people down here right now. Mm. Oh, and then that was the other question I had was like, when you when you were released, like when you first moved in with Ashley and all this stuff, like what was that initial feeling like? Because what you were twenty eight or something when you got out. Oh man, I still I mean, I was waking up different times of the night. I, sleeping oh. was not good. Uh, the bed was too soft. Uh, it was too soft. Yeah, like wow. you're like you know how when I slept on ten yard ten years on a freaking cot this big, you know, so you're on a metal slab basically. Wow. But uh, things were just different. I mean, I got out, had a job right away. I worked two jobs right away when I got home. Uh, it was it was a shock for sure cuz mm-hmm. you know I'm used to being in a room at a certain time and doing this at a certain time and that and this but uh I still to this day am somewhat institutionalized though like mm-hmm. uh I do certain things I like to live in small quarters you know I could sleep in my room and eat in my room and watch TV in my room mm-hmm. and like everything in my room yeah um, right but I, I like everything clean I like everything tidied up you know uh just the things that I do, like, th- that I do at work. Like, the certain different little things. Like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. But, yeah, I'm somewhat institutionalized in a way. Still. Yeah. Like, still things stick with you. But it's not... It's not... It's not horrible. Mm. Because I feel like it taught me, especially as a child or a kid, growing into an adult... It taught me some what of discipline mm. about myself. Like, yeah. you can clean up your room, you can clean your plate, you can uh, put.
put it in the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. You could wash it real quick. Or you can clean, do your own laundry. Just, mm-hmm. you know, and then just those little tidy things to clean and then grew into making sure, you know, uh, I'm in bed or I'm getting a good meal mm-hmm. because I eat three day, three times the meals or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, just certain things. Like, I try to get into, or I used to try to be in those rhythms. Yeah. Or they stick with you or, yeah. you know, a part yeah. of your day. Because that's how you live for a, a long portion. You for know? a long time, yeah. And like I said, I've been in and out since I was 13 years old. I'm 33. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been at juvenile detentions, jails, prisons, adult, juvenile, whatever you want to call it. Uh, never been on, like, the ankle brace or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They always throw you right, throw me right in. Was there anybody, like, throughout all that whole time from, like, 13 till then, was there anybody who, like, uh, who you remember who was, like, real? I know your your mom obviously must have been there for you, but who, like, maybe taught you something that, um, like, a, you know, who was there for you, who tried to help you, I guess. I don't know if it's, it's hard to do any work for anyone else. Yeah, I never had, you never had nobody else. That's what it was. I had my little brother, and then I had my older sister. And then my mom was always working. Hmm. But that was, that's it. Uh, it always fell on me, basically, in a way. Hmm. So you were, like, the middle child? Hmm. Which they don't, I don't think they see it that way, and I don't think I really see it that way. It just is just how the dominoes fell, basically. And how many cops, how many police officers who uh, mm-hmm. interacted with you knew your story, who knew who you were? I even took a chance to even hear mm-hmm. anything about mm-hmm. it. You know, like, I w- did, did any of them do? Maybe. No, like these stories you hear about officers going over to neighborhoods and hanging mm-hmm. out, good for them if they're really doing it. <laughs> it could just be all social media, too, though. Totally. Because that's what sells you every day. Watching these TVs, that's what you see. Mm-hmm. How do we know green color is a pretty color to have? You know, yeah. Because we see it every day on, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But uh, these cops are going to these neighborhoods and hanging out with these kids and whatever, and they're taking the time to, to mingle with them, getting to know them, and shoot some basketball with them, mm-hmm. or, you know, instead of just driving around and shining a spotlight or... Who's that? Yeah. What do you got in your bag or... No. Before it was like that. Now it's kind of, it seems like things are going. Trying to go there too. Yeah, trying. Like, I don't think it's going to happen overnight by <laughs> by all means, but I think things are going to, I think we're going to go up. I hope so, especially as like a society in that way, because even hanging around in Newtown and stuff and just, so for, when I went to school down here, we li- like Ringling bought basically cheap ha- land in the hood. So we lived in like in the hood. I lived on like old Bradenton and, uh. I would just bike around Newtown and meet all these kids and my friends and, like, you know, some of my family now, like, I consider them my family live there. And uh, it's it's interesting. I've So I've, I've known some of them eight years now, seven mm-hmm. years now. I've known a kid since he was nine, and I just saw him. He's 14. He's starting to smoke weed now. I'm like, yeah, come I'm on. Like, I know. I'm like, I know it's you're cool. like a little brother, but, like, Yeah, uh, and it's like, you know, they all think it's cool and everything. And at the same time, it's like I – I got to see their story and I, and it's like, damn, they need people there for them. And I tried to be there for them as much as I, you know, not like, but Oh, a I lot tried of people don't want I, that. Totally. I still am, you know, I still keep in contact. I still love all my family. It's just, it's sometimes it's hard to battle against years of, uh, just what life has presented them, like where they live, what they do. And, you know, yeah, it comes at them fast and they don't know how to handle it. Totally. And it would just be so much better if like we didn't have a force saying like, 
if you do wrong, you're going to be punished. And we're going to yeah. punish you until really until, until you learn that it's the wrong way and this is the right way. Or, or we're just going to keep punishing you because uh, people fall. And then they, they send them into such a horrendous thing. Like, again, you were a kid going into adult prison. Like, that's some – you got to grow up fast probably. You got to oh, yeah. really uh, – and and the sad part is too you have to grow up fast in a way that doesn't really parallel to society. It's it's a little different. Sure, there's things like clean up your. I know some people who have been free their whole lives and who are lazy fucks and they don't clean up and mm-hmm. they you know will will yeah do they walk into people's house and I'm like oh my god I can't live like this. Totally, and that's why I think you know anything that God or life has presented you is like is perfect because you're gonna learn from it, you're gonna go through it and it's just. Unfortunately, this is how it is. That's how life works. Yeah, that, well, that's, that's the thing. This is, are you willing to learn from what, what happened to you? Mm. That's the thing. Regardless, it, somebody's always got it worse. Mm-hmm. Always. So if you sit here and cry about it, you cry about it or be mad about it or be sad about it, Do you can do all that. You're, you're entitled to your feelings. But if you let that stop you, that's a whole different world. You don't want to let whatever obstacles that out of your way is just going to stop you. Don't let that happen. Totally. So I've always been saying just cry about it, but make those tears into something more than just tears. Make it into something, let's get this shit done and get it over with. It sucks, but let's do it. Yeah. Because it, otherwise it's kind of a mistake in a way. It's like, otherwise it can be like, oh, so there's a woman that I listen to, she's a podcaster, she says like her whole life changed when she stopped asking the question, why is this happening to me? And she says, why is this happening for me? Why is this, what is this informing about my life? What do I need to learn from this? And it's not always, we're, we're human. It's never perfect. It's nothing like that. But you can sort of tell when somebody's had that, um, when they think things are happening to them or they don't realize that they actually have so much power over their situation. Mm-hmm. I see how you work. I don't care. I don't care what I see on paper. Like I have so much faith and I know you're going to be successful. You already are successful. You and your family, like you really are. And it's like, I can see that because i just have faith in that because i just i just see it you know it's like it's an attitude yeah yeah it 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 feels better now that i hear people saying that though because before it was more like uh he's not gonna make it i don't think i think he's gonna stay as really well my father is this way my father's been in and out since he's been little too and he still does kind of in and out things Mm. so it's like they thought and i look just like him so they're basically saying that I was him, and uh, so I'm I'm glad that I hear things like that now because yeah. you're not the only one that has said this, it, and it motivates me to do better than what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to hear those things. Definitely. Have you have you met your dad before? Or is he, oh yeah, he yeah, yeah. Grow up with uh, you. On my uh, on my way down here, I haven't seen him uh, probably since I was probably probably when I went in at 17 or whatever, mm-hmm. or 19. Yeah, when I went in at 19, he uh. He came to visit me. That was the last time I seen him. Oh, really? Yeah. But then I moved here, and on our way down, I told Ashley that I I want her to meet him before he's basically on his deathbed or he's, mm-hmm. like, you know, in bad shape. So I was like, let's stop there because he lives in Tennessee, <clears throat> and it's, like, halfway between Wisconsin and, and Florida. So we're like, ah, let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So we went down there, we visited him for like a day or whatever, ate over there and whatnot, and, and then went back to the hotel. Wow. And that was the last time. I I talked to him like once or twice since I've been down here, but nothing too extreme. So did he move to Tennessee probably when you were younger, or he moved No, there? he's been, uh, so 
Like I said, we've been in and out of Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my little brother was born in Tennessee. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe lived there maybe two years, three no, years, maybe. Now I found where you got your southern hospitality from. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, like, not to the point to where, like, I went to school down there and, like, I knew people or anything like that. I mean, we did have some friends and stuff that my mom knew and that we hung out with their kids and stuff. But other than that, we didn't really reside in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the summers, we would go up by my mom's mom mm-hmm. uh, and dad. Uh, my grandma and grandpa up in Wisconsin, in Kenosha. But, yeah, we we didn't stay in Tennessee. Like, it was, like, that wasn't our stay. But you just we were there but for my dad. But my grand, my my nana, which is my dad's mom, was from there. Okay. That's why my dad was there. Oh, uh, okay. And you and she, does she live in Kenosha, or she still lives in Tennessee? Who, my nana? Your nana, yeah. She's passed away. Oh, she's passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, so that's crazy. You haven't seen him in a very long time. But, again, it's like, that's... Those are sort of things that we don't ask about people. <clears throat> like my dad, I was talking to him the other day and he was saying like, I've mentioned this on podcast before. It was like, he's like had a revelation. He's like, you know, like something we're really missing in the society. Like what if as a society, we all agreed that the things that we're going towards is love and acceptance. That's it. So love and acceptance is our new, our new motto for all of us, for everyone in the United States, for everybody, love and acceptance. And there's two questions you can ask to people, which is, what happened and how can I help you? Like, what happened and how can I help you? And if we, even if it's not just a huge shift, we all do this all at the same time, even if it's just a little shift, if we can just help each other, make a society a little bit more accountable for the other person, it's like that could be a beautiful world in, in which, like, even people who maybe who have done wrongdoings or, you know, whatever that means, wrongdoings, like, they have people there for them, you know, because that's really what it comes down to. All humans want the same thing yeah. love yeah. and acceptance. Yeah, basically. It's hard. It is hard for people to find that too. Yeah, you know, people, people, because people grow up from different upbringings and they have different people and different types of people that they like to see and and talk to. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I take my buddy down the street here, and he's, uh, he's almost forty years old, but he he's he feels like he has nobody there. He lost his mother. He lost oh, his well. father. He lost his kids mothers are trying to take his kids all away and all this oh, stuff wow. like he doesn't have that much mm-hmm. not saying he's on the right track to do him very good for himself he mm-hmm. constantly drinks and he mm-hmm. kicks it all the time and things like that but still just to not have all that probably causes him in a way to go towards the other way totally. to where if all that was right there in his lap he would be less likely like Trust me, when I'm when I have my family here, I I mean I do have a couple beers, but I'm not sitting there shit phased drunk yeah. or having a fucking party. You're with your loved ones. Yeah, you want to be there. Exactly. So like it's like it's it's a different story when you feel like you have people around you. For yeah. sure, I feel that. And that takes uh, that takes work too. It's not just again like you said, fall in your lap. Like a lot of people want, they don't want to work for that stuff. And sometimes that stuff is just uh, it's what they call like heavy lifting in love. Like what you did with Ashley. Like when you're writing. You're dedicated to each other. She's mm-hmm. coming out. She got a house for you. Like that is that's called he- the heavy lifting of love. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, work yeah, out just the to muscle. see just to see somebody working for you mm-hmm. as hard as you want to work for them mm-hmm. means a lot too. Just seeing it. <sighs> Thank you so much, Robbie. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Of course. This is great. Um, everybody, check out Robbie. Yo, plug your social media, dog. I don't have no social media. Plug your Snapchat. 
Uh, R. Molinero <laughs> 4. Yo, yeah. hit him up. <laughs> no, uh, thank you all for no, joining us. Uh, love you, Robbie. Thank you. For, appreciate no you. Yeah, cool. Right, hit me up.